Um, but if, if you get a little bit of time, we I kind of have one more one more big question to ask. Sure. Um, and typically, uh, when we do these recordings, I kind of break them up into two halves, so it just comes out as two two separate chunks. So uh, that just works for our little recording process. Yeah, so that's fine. Every time, podcast we'll... is a little bit okay. different. Um, yeah. I've been on two podcasts where it's like it's live, and there's only one take, and there's no editing, yeah. and whatever you say comes out. And then I was interviewing with another podcast where they have a like an editorial process that they they snap every time that they have like a new section. And so there was there's just so much snapping happening. And so it's like, oh, we're going to redo that. And then and then, you know, trying to act like you were just uh, having the conversation. But there was no video component. So there is, you know, easier, maybe. So you were funny. doing takes on an audio only app. Yes. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Was that from the beginning. Yeah. yeah, and they use the snap to be able to cut. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That sounds super relaxing. Or to be able to find it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one, one of the things that we found out in the little time we have been doing this is there is a kind of psychological tendency that we'd have a nice buttoned up one hour conversation. Uh, everybody's on their best behavior, and then Aaron would stop recording. <laughs> and then, oh, okay, now it's party time. What did you really want to talk about? You want to talk about politics? All right, January 6th. Oh, my God, what a nightmare. And uh, everybody just kind of opened up, and we'd be getting all this, like, good stuff, and it's like, oh, shit, that's because we were we knew we were being recorded, so we're just making sure we're, uh, mm -hmm. on our best Well, behavior. you don't know who your reader or your listeners are, and you want, if you're focus mo mostly on writing, then you don't want to diverge also from your mission. Of course, yeah, and I, uh, <laughs> I love that mission discipline. But uh, yeah, there was something where we figured out clearly that we're, we're in a kind of psychological experiment where everybody just got funnier and lighter weight uh, when we stopped recording. <laughs> everybody yeah. just got looser. Mm -hmm. So then we started doing the thing where I would just say, okay, we're I'm not going to stop recording, but like we're done for now, and then we'll continue. Yeah, that's, that's the premise yeah, behind doing segment two now is this is the more relaxed, and we can edit this. So if anybody steps on something they shouldn't have said, totally fair play. Which has never happened. I mean, there's never been like, oh, wow, I got to edit that out. Like this is <laughs> um, not yet. So for, yeah, for the record, yeah, not yet. I yeah, no, we'll step on a precedent. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll find out after the fact. You'll put something out. It'll trend on Twitter horribly, and yeah. then we'll know. Maybe, yeah. We'll get Don't want to be famous for that. Yeah, right. Need to get views somehow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was kind of a little bit of the story about like, yeah, we just kind of decided to do like, oh, just we'll do two halves and uh, it's the same conversation, but just kind of as, as two separate things. Same um, conversation, but this is like the after party. The after party, yeah, that's what we called it. Uh, the after party. The kind of the heavy hitter question I had. And I have a, one direct reason for asking this, so I'll kind of I'll share that later. But I'm curious to see where you take it or what your first thought is. Is the question? Let me get it exact. Um, the question: What is the role of letting go in the creative process? So you kind of you are you kind of getting there, uh, Anne Marie? So 
I don't know, Chris or Jan Marie, do you who wants to start? Yeah, um, I you you sent this question to me to ponder, and I was thinking about what it means to let go in the creative process. And and I really think it has to do with letting go of your ego, of allowing people to dislike your work, to put your work out there in the face of rejection, be rejected 400 times, like allow yourself to be rejected 400 times and not let it deter you from continuing and revel in the times that your poems are accepted or your, your creative work, or it finds a home in a gallery if you're a visual artist and, and, and just not allowing the, the, I guess the end goals to then determine the process. So even if your goal is to publish a full length collection of poems, to not change what it is that you create, to not change who it is that you are for maybe commercial appeal or what you think people want to read, really write what it is that your, your soul, your spirit needs to write because there will be people who appreciate it even if it's not at the level that you're you're hoping for but i i think what might deter people who are just starting is that they're not they don't receive that extrinsic uh cheerleading that they need to keep going at first and so then they think oh i'm no good and they don't they don't continue and they don't continue to try and get better. They have a fixed mindset that, oh, I just don't have a talent for creativity or something like that. But if it brings you joy to do it, then do it. And it doesn't matter where you are or what your level is, just do it for yourself and and let go of that feeling that it has to be accepted by anyone else. I think that's what letting go means. Nice. Has that been the kind of uh, consensus with other other writers or this other? Is the first time I've writers? asked it. In a, in a oh, it is. Yeah, okay. This is the very first. He, what he does is he'll choose a different big picture question that destroys me a little bit on the inside and my soul. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to try to answer it honestly. Um, oh boy, uh, what what layer to start with? So I like coming at this from the Buddhist approach, because if I do it that way, it can get rid of all the second guessing I would normally do to out-engineer the question. Normally, my response is, well, what do you mean by letting go? Isn't there a natural tension between the extrinsic motivation, because that feels good, but that's feeding the ego, and I also want to let go of my ego and you threw the word joy in there. Uh, we're going to complicate this with joy. Um, so are you trying to cling to the joy that the thing gives you? But by doing that, are you? so I immediately, my second guesser hamster wheel uh, just wants to annihilate the question and eviscerate it from the inside out. The Buddhist approach, it, it, again, if done right, which I struggle with, that's why it's called a practice, not a doing, it's a practice, would be you let go big picture. You let go all the way oh what is writing um you know the people that we love and us it's all temporary appreciate it in the present moment don't cling don't 
clench in front of keep the stuff close to you that's you know inevitably gonna pass away as all things do sometimes i can come at it top down and that'll help because otherwise i engineer myself out of solving the problem by second second guessing the problem so that it's so complex it can't be solved which in itself is a clinging i understand that i can you know, I say that out loud like guys ah, you're doing it so for me letting go has to be kind of the big picture like oh let the shoulders down we're all gonna die someday it's, it's there's probably no afterlife and uh, we're all just little waves little eddies of consciousness in the big sea of consciousness okay that's okay hey maybe i should write a short story <laughs> so i have to kind of i have to really you know like try to step so far out of the question that the letting go has to be the biggest kind of letting go or i get trapped in this little uh, nest of self-created problems of well if you let go this way you're just clinging to this other thing what do you this think Karen? Why, what yeah. is letting go this is why i yeah, ask the questions because I, I never know what i'm going to get in return so even though we've known each other for how long it's like i would have never like we've riffed on this for three hours about it i would have said you know yes so um, particularly in the creative process though and what, what yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So yeah, that that's that's all good. Yeah. So the um, I have a very kind of tangible and kind of uh, maybe even we can call it a practice. We can call it a uh, a letting go practice, uh, which was on my mind because um, if you're listening to this, it probably just happened, but I plan to do it again at some point. But um, I'm hosting a poetry postcard workshop. Um, and so the idea, I did this uh, kind of on my own um, last year uh, in April, National Poetry Month, where I sent out poetry postcards. I did them on, you know, four by six uh, watercolor paper, uh, like heavyweight, heavy stock paper cards, draw my, you know, my typical mountain drawings, because um, that's one of the only things I could draw. And I like mountains, so I could, you know, just part of the kind of like... Um, creative practice draw on the front side of the card and on the back it would be kind of a little micro poem and I you know sent a bunch out as part of the um, wild roof journal like submission process um, sent them out to the submitters uh, for the month of April or whenever it was and for me that that was the first time I did it last year. And that was kind of one of the, the, those kind of revelations like, oh, this is like something good. This is like, it's not about like what I wrote or like if the drawing's any good or if it gets to even where it's supposed to go. Once you drop it in the box, it's like, oh, in the mailbox, it's like, yeah, it's, that's, I did my job. <laughs> Like I did what I needed to do, and you know now it's, you know it's off to somewhere else. And you know, just like you said, um, Anne Marie, it's like yeah, that the person can receive it and say this is the best thing I've ever seen, or whatever. This is so special, uh, or they might see it and like oh, okay, Mike is lost in a bunch of bills and like junk mail or something, or they might see it and like okay, that was nice, and like set it aside. Who knows? Like that's the kind of the point is like it's out of my hands and. I think, well, this isn't Buddhist, right? This is uh, Bhagavad Gita. You have the right to action. You do not have the right to the fruits of your action. So kind of mi mixing and matching 
spiritual texts here. But that's just, yeah, that's the idea. You don't, fruits of your action, okay. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's going to inspire somebody, maybe not. So that, that am, I, kind of, am I hearing from you correctly? If I can paraphrase what you explained, is that it's about the process and not the product? <laughs> yeah, there we, there we go. There we go. Yeah. So um, different ways there's of saying a, the same thing. So there's a message in a bottle of peel, though, that at least it's going out somewhere. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh, maybe this, maybe this will land on somebody. That's that's still uh, exciting. Yeah, no, that is that the is journey like this is the reward. part of it. Yeah, but I really enjoyed like making them. That was, I mean, that's part of the equation of the of the. It was a genuine like I really liked the paper and I you know cutting the paper into four by six chunks or you know rectangles. Um, and I like you know I like pens. I like paper. It's just kind of like part of the part of the fun of playing around a little bit. And yeah, so that that was just kind of that moment of like the, the literal letting go when you like drop it into the mailbox and saying, yeah, done. my part's done. Um, but yeah, I, you know, obviously that's kind of the, the reason I bring it up is like that's it represents something larger, which you, both of you spoke to um, in in that kind of little more abstract and little bigger picture sense. At that yeah. point, the the medium matter is the idea that tactile paper and uh, cutting and shaping things. A couple, two Christmases ago, my good friend and bassist bought me a typewriter because, of course, he did. And I write differently on the typewriter. You know, you, you mm. just experience it differently. You engage it differently. You see it on the page in a way that is simultaneously nostalgic but kind of alien because we've been writing on a computer for twenty years. Mm-hmm. And it, does it make a click clack sound? Click, I love clack. it. I love that click clack. My dad hates it, but I love it. And I've been listening to him practice scales for 30 years, so that's fair. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's, it's a full on. You got to go, you know, uh, all all the way up, all the way down on each key. Wow, what an experience! Yeah, and it, I could like I could feel it changing my relationship to not necessarily the language, but like I didn't feel as obligated to write something perfect. There's this you know very kind of very physical experience, and you say, well, all right, well. I'm going to write a little joke text to my friend, but I'm going to write it on typewriter. And then I'm going to take a picture of it with my phone and wish my friend happy birthday and be like, hey, this is what text messages are going to look like after the apocalypse. And it's only typewriters. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that felt really good. Like that was me letting go in the sense that I wasn't out to impress anybody. It was a tactile experience. It kind of puts a little novelty in the neurons. And, uh, and of course, it felt really good. <laughs> And I sent him a note. I probably wouldn't have sent him. That's another point. Is that I don't know if I would have thought to do as thoughtful a happy birthday to my friend if I didn't have the typewriter to kind of just send me in that direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The medium affecting the message. So typewriters, one thing. Postcards, not a lot of space. Mm-hmm. So that that is kind of one of the letting go things. It's like I can't say. You can't write the Iliad on it. Yeah. Can't get out, you know, can't, because that's kind of one of my like either tendencies or, you know, maybe it's kind of, that was one of my learning processes as a writer is kind of like pull back a little bit because there would be, you kind of get lost in abstraction or lost, you'd say something if you weren't constrained by actual physical space that, you know, okay, I could say this more concisely where. Mm -hmm. 
you wouldn't have to before and you maybe it wouldn't be as effective. Um, yes, a postcard is then different than even a letter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was one of the another one of those little lessons is like, yeah, just simple. Don't fuss. Just put it. You could only, you know, have a couple of words here, a couple of words there, you know, maybe five or eight lines, I think is the longest I can, I can go in about eight lines. That's it. You're limited by space in that case. Um, and it, yeah, it does shape what you're saying and the message and how you can express what you want mm -hmm. to express. Uh, and that was part of the trick of it is like, you want to say something. It doesn't mean you don't just want to like say random nonsense or something that's not mean. So you want to say something kind of impactful, meaningful in a short space. That's the other mm -hmm, angle right. of, you know. Not just, hey, what's <laughs> up? <laughs> yeah, you know, just kind of random things around the room, you know, and kind of the scattered way. You want to put a message there together that somebody mm -hmm. could could interact with. And so, yeah, you mentioned haiku earlier. So that's obviously kind of one of those short forms that when done correctly says, you know, very limited, but, you know, taken from another angle says something, you know, very, you know, pretty deep if, if you're mm -hmm. doing it right. Or so surprising. Kind of, yeah, or surprising. It's different or just to shift the perspective. I guess it doesn't even have to be deep or too thoughtful. It's, it's you know, in that context, uh, you know, whatever, a cracked teapot could be like, oh, that's, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> or it might just be, you know, that's what's on the counter over there. <laughs> mm -hmm. We make and the meaning. Yeah. And you, you said something about appreciating forms if you're working within a specific poetic uh, format. And it's somebody that annoys me like Jocko Willick, but the, the, the quote was, uh, in limitations, their freedom, something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. With parameters. I have heard and, that before, yes. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, I feel like that's a good cheat code for letting go because it's like you have less responsibility. If you say you have infinite paper to write, infinite great stuff, go. <laughs> that blue sky problem. But then if you have parameters, you got guardrails, you're like, all right, I have to be creative within these guardrails. So the guardrails actually create an opportunity for some freedom of movement that your brain might, in my case, uh, put a chokehold around otherwise because of the paralysis of choice. For sure. I know that feeling too. I also get the paralysis of choice. Like to have maybe up to three choices, then I'm good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, thanks for your, your thoughts on that. So there was, I knew there was kind of something to that question and I, I liked where both of you took it. Um, I guess part of the other connection point I'm reading right now, Pema Chodron's book, The Wisdom of No Escape, which sounds pretty <laughs> pretty intense. And it's a, it's a lovely book. Um, and the three principles in that book are gentleness, precision, and letting go. Mm. So um, those are those three things have been on my mind. Maybe next time around, I'll ask them, what is precision in the writing process? What's What was the name of it again? Um, the book is called uh, The Wisdom of No Escape. The wisdom of no escape. I'm gonna to have to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Anne Marie, I don't, I'm not sure if you did. You pick a, a selection from the new issue. I, I mentioned it. I don't know if you got around to. It. No worries if you didn't. Um, I mean, I didn't right off the top of my. Uh, I I did pull up Prairie Fire, but I do. Yeah. I mean, I have. This is my proof copy of the book. 
uh, with it, the old book cover. It has a new book cover now that you can oh, see on social media and my website. This was the the original uh, book cover idea. And this that's an awesome this, title, by the way. That's the you. you came up with that first. It sounds so inevitable and so perfect as a title for that kind of project. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously uh, an homage to obituary text, but then also writing this collection helped me survive. So I survived by writing it. So kind of a play on words. One of the poems yeah. that is, uh, so one, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Aaron. I'm just going to say you could kind of take us out with um, with one of your poems, just kind of, you can read it and we'll, we won't talk about this one and analyze and and uh, pick it apart or anything so you can um you can um take your time to to, to make your selection and uh, just read us and uh, read it to us and that'll close us out in a, in a wonderful way um so i'm just gonna uh talk about it a little bit just because the form is interesting so yeah. um it utilizes also white space but then also um it fades out on the page and so this collection experiments with poetic forms that utilize white space as well as like concrete poetry and just having um, really unique um, ways of fitting on the page. I have one poem that I'll, it's, is the, the video is going to be showing, right? Or yeah. no? Yes. Okay. That's It'll be both. Yeah. Audio and visual, but yeah. Um, so I have one poem that begins on the bottom left of the page and then is read from the bottom left up to the top right um so i'll show that one to you just really quick so it looks like this in the book so it kind of has this like upward from the bottom to the top um so there's just you know a couple not couple there's several poems that um utilize the the page in unique ways that I at least haven't seen before in other poetry collections other than um, Douglas Kearney, but he really creates like poetic visual art rather than um, like poems for the page. It's more of an artistic experience in my opinion. Um, okay, so I'm going to read a poem called Grief is the Ghost. And this was, this is the poem that fades out on the page. Grief is the ghost, the wraith that appears erratic from the earth to breathe behind your ear, a reminder of your errors and oh, your fool's errands. Grief is the ghost, the sibilant specter that slithers like a second skin that refuses to shed. Oh, the flakes, they sheathe your scales. Grief is the ghost. The phantom that foams at the mouth, the aura forging frowns through the furrows. It's in your per in in your pillows. Oh, it's flailing in the feathers. Grief is the ghost that still haunts this house, this living house, and oh, how it's still, and oh, how it lives. Thank you. Beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen a poem fade, like, you know, it literally fade on the page. And um, that, that, that's that's something. Thank you. Thank you. 
I, I hope that this collection achieves a few different things. I hope that it is interesting for people to read, that they're surprised by what they see in the in the collection. But then I also hope that it's the book that someone needs to read. It's the book that I needed to read. And it helped me stay afloat during a really drowning experience. And so I'm hoping that others find it equally as buoyant for them. Buoyant's a great word. Absolutely. You know, uh, W.S. Merwin? Yes. Brenda uh, Foe? The, um, the poem Separation. Mm. Um, it's, it's only three lines, but it's, it's what I read that poem. I don't know how many times, 200 times now. Um, your loss runs through me like a thread in a needle. Everything I do is colored in everything I do is colored in your thread or something like that. Um, yeah. or everything I do is stitched in your color. That's what it is. Um, and I don't, I don't know how many times I read that poem and it's so meaningful to me. I, I could, I could get it tattooed on me if I, if I, you know, had the disposable income to get a tattoo. Uh, but yeah, that's a poem that really, that helped me get through just reading it over and over knowing that somebody else felt what I was feeling. The, the fact that uh, he popped into my brain after you read yours is a compliment because it means it hit me in a similar way. And he's uh, the, the poem uh, that snuck through my radar and attacked me in the, the soft tissue was a single autumn which is about losing both parents. And uh, I was one of those things where I started reading it like, nope, stone cold, I'm fine. I'm going to approach this cynically in a distance. I was basically in tears by the end. Mm -hmm. I could barely see the end of the poem in my hands. So yeah, yes. so that's, uh, the poem can do that and kind of create that sense of like, that's the poem that I needed at the time I needed it. And that that's what I was reminded of when you read yours, I think is pretty great. Thank you. Thank you. And just to follow the rule of three, my W.S. Merwin recommendation is a poem called Exercise, mm, which I think pretty nicely fits our, fits our theme of letting go, oddly enough. I think that's a um, kind of a parallel with that poem. Um, so, yeah, Chris, I'll give you credit because I think uh, I got into W.S. Merwin on your recommendation. Um, yeah, that was one of those poems. However long ago like, that was, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're all on the same page there, which is nice. Yeah, I think that we'll we'll call it we'll call it a night. We'll call it a podcast. Okay, um, what a great so conversation! Much, uh, yeah, thanks so much, Anne Marie, Chris, for joining us again. Thank you, Aaron, for for hosting. You're welcome. Talk to you again soon. All right. Well, then I'll Thank say you. goodnight to you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you.